clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? I got two right. Oh, screw you, man! <laughs> I feel like listening back to that because I didn't. I didn't listen to the episode. I was too self-conscious. Oh, listening back, that sounded like kind of heartfelt. Like you'll hear his laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. All right, my friend. I'm kind. I'm kind of glad you didn't do a real friend's fortune because uh, the whole time I was like, oh, I really wanted to do one. Because on Sunday, Sunday morning, I sat there and I was like. Maybe I'll tweet out a video of me doing a friend's fortune because be I don't even really look at Twitter, and I swear, and, and I had one, and I, but I just didn't. Do it. You could have done it. That would have been cool. It, it, it would. Can you just tell us what it would have been? I was gonna, I was gonna tweet that Lamar was gonna go for over two hundred passing and one hundred rushing and yeah. two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. but oh well, not hard. Oh, well. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. Yeah, I'm Adam. My name's Josh Lapping. And I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And uh, my friend's fortune's right. Yes, it doesn't count. It totally counts. I got <laughs> two right now this year. Adam has zero, but who's counting? It's fine. <laughs> it's been a long time, my friend. It hasn't really been that long, but it feels like a long time. I feel like a lot's happened since the last time we recorded together. It is long. I can't. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Absolutely. So a lot's happened in life, but we're we're glad to be back together. Absolutely. And we have a great episode planned for you because you know we're gonna we're gonna surpass the excitement. That happened last night on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. Weekend. It's going to happen. <laughs> and just as anticlimactic as that game was, we're probably in on a really low note, too. I thought it ended okay. I said, I said uh, that this game has to end in a defensive play. It's just that would make sense so we'll, after all the craziness that happened. We'll talk about that game uh, in a little bit here. But for now, let's get into the classics. Rant, rave, recall. Absolutely. So uh, you have something to rant about. Yeah, I'm really kind of... It's been annoyed. a long time since I've heard one of these. And I feel like I rant too much, but whatever. I mean, you know. Uh, 
feel like you do some so, some raids every now and then. But regardless, most of the time when I recall, I have to recall the recall next week because I was wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so I have a rant. The NFL Network had a video out this weekend about the Chicago Bears. Okay. After I believe it was yesterday, actually, because they were talking about their big victory. Yeah. Um, which is a big game on Sunday night against the Vikings. Definitely. Uh, pretty much their signature win, I would say, so far this year. I can't think of another game this year where it was like that was that you know the Bears. That yeah. Was okay. Nice win, yeah. You know what I mean, I think I'd agree with that. Um, and Ladinian Tomlinson, former running back for the then San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers, said that and the, the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, said that the Chicago Bears remind him of the Jacksonville Jags of last year. And I can't, it makes me, that makes me so angry. Okay. Because the Jacksonville Jaguars offense last year was bad. I mean, they ran the ball really well. Okay. They ran the ball really well, but Blake Bortles wasn't good. Okay. And Blake Bortles was only good statistically in that one year where he had like 40 touchdowns because he would throw like three in garbage time every because they were being blown out all the time. Okay. So, and they were held to ten points against the Buffalo Bills in a, in a playoff game. So I'm just the Chicago Bears offense is really good. It's in the the top like at least top half of the NFL in most categories. Uh, I know they're top ten in running, and I know they're at least top fifteen, if not higher, in passing. So I mean they're an efficient offense. And Matt Nagy does incredible things with all those weapons. Alan Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Anthony Miller, the rookie. And, you know, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard are great. And Mitchell Trubisky's getting the ball out. And Mitchell Trubisky's having a good year. And I just, yeah, their defense is very good. And I think they're comparable because both defenses, to, to last year's Jacksonville defense, to this year's Chicago defense are comparable. I even say Chicago's defense is better. Okay. But... To sit there and say that oh they're the same team is just stupid to me. And I'm sorry, I don't I don't think Ladamian Tomlinson is stupid at all. I just don't like when networks put former NFL players on their panel as analysts and just think that whatever they say is going to be okay because they played in the NFL. And that's just not true. I don't think they necessarily think that. But but regardless, he, he like I watch a lot of NFL Network. You know, not like snippets and stuff of their videos, yeah. and Ladinian Thomas is, doesn't always have the greatest comments at times, and I just it, it's just really annoying to me that that making this a sort of a broader spectrum point to be made here is a lot of people, uh, network analysts who don't, you can tell they don't pay enough attention to the game. They look at a final score or they look at a stat and they make a point based off of that. You can tell that they don't really watch the games because. A lot of people will make points like this all the time. They're like, this team reminds me of this team, and it's clearly not at all. Okay. And I just, I, it just makes me a little bit annoyed because I think Chicago's so, I think Chicago's so much better than Jacksonville's team last year. I mean, you've always been a little jaded against Jacksonville. Maybe, maybe. But at the same time, I will take the Chicago Bears offense every day and twice on Sunday, 10 times on Sunday over any Jacksonville offense the last five years. Okay. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, usually we don't respond uh, to these. But, I mean, I, I right, you, the defenses are comparable. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, I understand that. I feel I like he was more. Co- I feel like he was more comparing that probably. But he. But in the video, in the video, he mentions and he was like, "And hey, Mitchell Trubisky is kind of like Blake Bortles." And I'm like, "Not e- not even remotely okay, hang close." On. Let's, Sorry. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> you can't say not even remotely close because they are both quarterbacks. Now I. I, <laughs> I thought that was the end. Of they're your both point. quarterbacks. <laughs> end of your point. <laughs> Let's talk about the next subject. Anyway. <laughs> They're both quarterbacks who I do think I like Mitch Trubisky coming out mm-hmm. of of college, and I did think he needed time, and I didn't think yeah. he should necessarily have went second overall. Uh-huh. But I like I liked his talent. Yeah, I think the reason you can say they're similar is because they both are quarterbacks that, for whatever you will say about Blake Bortles, he yeah. can get it done. He has a great arm that he just doesn't use properly. A lot like Trubisky. And you know how I feel about Chris Collinsworth. And for right. those of you who don't think or don't know how I feel about Chris Collinsworth, I kind of don't like Chris Collinsworth at all. But he he said it so well on Sunday night. He said, Trubisky, you watch him, and 75% of the time he makes you go, wow. And then sometimes the other 25 is like, wow. Right. And that's what Blake Bortles does. Now, maybe Bortles is 25%, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, I think wow. it's flipped, but, but you can see, you, you can't say, like, they are similar. And I think Trubisky will outgrow that. He yeah. won't become as consistently bad. I'll just say that for lack yeah. of better words right now as Bortles. But I understand. And I will say, I like what Nagy's done with the offense this year in his first yeah. year with developing Trubisky. But I think it's definitely going to need to change because a lot of it, I don't want to say it's gimmicky, but a lot of it is let's get the ball out real fast to, to Cohen and he's going to take it. And yeah. let's get it out to Gabriel yeah. who's really fast and he's going to take it. Yeah. Trubisky's shown in certain games that he can put it down the field. Yeah. But a lot of the times that's when he's forced to do that. That's when we see the, wow, he makes those mistakes. <laughs> so I think as that, as Trubisky continues to grow, Nagy's offense is also going to change because I think eventually these kind of gimmicky things, yeah. and I'm saying it as a Dolphins fan, and that's all of Adam Gase. Well, I mean, it's all gimmicky. Eventually it stops working. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think you're wrong in what you said, yeah. but I, I understand where he was coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just mean, was, you don't have no, to... No, 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 I just want to say, I think that makes my point, though, about how... Uh, so, yeah, looking at it from a distance, you can see a comparison. But when you really look at look at it, it, there isn't one. And that's my point is that, yeah, you can see where somebody who doesn't pay enough attention as an analyst okay. can be like, oh, they're similar. But if you paid real attention to it, you'd be like, okay, they're really not that similar. I get it. You know what I mean? Sure. But regardless, I digress. 20 touchdowns, 9 picks for Trubisky. 12 touchdowns, 8 picks for Bortles this year. Well, we're talking about Bortles last year. Well, I don't want to pull up Bortles stats from last year. I'm going to go on to my rant, Avery Paul. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I'm going to uh, save that for later in the show. You're going to save your rant? I'm going to save my raid. Oh. You're not doing it right now? No, I'm going to save it for a different... It's going to... It'll tie together. He had... uh, Bortles had 21 touchdowns and 13 picks last year. Okay, well, Trubisky has to do nothing. And they're the same, so... Well, nothing, and he has, like, six games Just left. saying. <laughs> Just fair, comparable numbers. You're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to bump your rave till later. I am. <laughs> I'm sitting on the host side of the table right now. Fine. So, 
we're going to do a little uh, kind of recap, because yeah. like we said, and for those of you who've been listening... Rant Rave Recall and Recap. Yeah, it's a new thing. <laughs> Obviously, this is the first time we've been in studio uh, together for the past couple of weeks, so we've each listened to each other's episodes, I think. I'm not sure if Adam I really have. listened to it. Yes, I did. Uh, but regardless, we're going to each talk about something that our counterpart respectively talked about. Yeah. And so I'm going to... Go first, because your episode was first, and we'll talk about mine second, who is obviously second. And this might be like a really minute thing to talk about, but it's something I love so much, because I don't think you really intended on it being like something so prominent. Mm -hmm. At least I don't, I mean, like you said it, and you're like, I feel really passionately about this, but I feel like that wasn't, that wasn't a key moment you wanted people to like take away. But I really appreciated it, because it's so true, and that was, it was actually your rant during your episode when you were talking about how people can't look back in hindsight about drafts and being like, well, Buffalo should have taken Pat Mahomes and then like, they'd be fine. You're right. Because people do that all the time. And I, there's an element of it being fun where you are like, let's do a redraft. Playing what if is fun. Redrafts are fun. Right. But you can't ever handcuff uh, a franchise and say, you know, if they'd done this, like if they were just more intelligent and had seen the writing on the wall, because a lot of times it's not writing on the wall. Right. I mean, no one, Sure, you could look at Deshaun Watson's career at Clemson and be like, yeah, he lost like two games. He was going to be really great. But you you don't know. Right. You never know. For every Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes right now, there is a... A Ryan Leaf. And exactly. A Russell. Exactly. Yeah. Brady Quinn. Those quarterbacks just don't work out. And so I think that, that just made me really happy because not a lot of people say things like that. People like being like, yeah, they're dumb and we know better. Right. When you don't. Now you do. Yeah. yeah. Be, it's great to be, you know, <laughs> San Francisco should have drafted Aaron Rodgers. Like, but that's, <laughs> it just didn't happen. And that's how the history works. And that's why it's fun. It just, it just makes me angry. That's why I ranted about it because especially as a Bills fan, you know, in the past 20 some years, we've been very mediocre or average at times. And people are like, well, you've missed on this person and this person, and this person. And yeah, we've missed on some people, but at the same time, it, and I think I made the point, and I can't remember it because I actually had to record this segment twice because I messed up and the audio was messed up. Okay. But I, I can't, so I can't remember if the one that came through, I made this point, but you know, Wes Welker was a Miami Dolphin before he was a New England Patriot and did almost nothing. Yeah, this was not in it. And then he turned into pretty much a Hall of Fame slot receiver when he went into the right system and was used in the right way. Right. And as much as Pat Mahomes is great, and Pat, Patrick Mahomes, I've come off the horse, so he's not really that great. He's great. Yeah. But he has all of these weapons around him, and you put almost any quarterback in the situation, and they're going to be better. They're just, they're like, they may not be at the same level, but they're going to be better. So, no, I don't think if Pat Mahomes was drafted by Buffalo last year, he'd be as good as he is this year, because he doesn't have any, he wouldn't have had any weapons. Yeah. At all. So I just, you know, and I could go on and on about it in so many different angles, but it's NFL history is littered with this. Players who maybe didn't work out one spot but worked out the next one because they were using the right way or they had better weapons around them or vice versa. So it's just it, playing one if it's fun every now and then, but saying that a franchise is just this bad because they, they missed or whatever, it's just so petty. I loved it. So <laughs> I, I appreciate yeah, I appreciate that you said it because like I said, people often pretend to be the better GMs right. now. And great, and, anybody could say that. Anybody right. right in their anybody in their right mind would take Tom Brady first overall in that draft in his draft. Yeah. Not in the seventh round. Yeah. Anybody. 
I digress. I digress. So, Moving on. I watched your episode at 6 a.m. in the morning. You I, watched it? Wow. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I listened to your episode at like 6 a.m. in the morning, excuse me, because I was sick that morning and I called out from work. And so I just listened to it because I couldn't fall asleep. Okay. So, I thought it was... You were at work that day. No, I wasn't. I was at work the next day. Okay. Regardless. Um, <laughs> nope. I, I can't... I'm, I'm almost positive that I wouldn't listen to it in the morning. I think you did. You came to work and you're like, I listened to your episode this morning. So oh, well, maybe... I mean, I was sick the day before. You I were. You, you were off the day before. Okay. You were off the day I recorded. Regardless. I listened to your episode in the morning. <laughs> and, and I wasn't feeling well when I listened to it. So, but I thought it was really funny. And I liked a lot about your episode. But I thought it was really funny that you talked about Hugh Jackson getting the job that week and being the Dwight Schrute of the NFL, which is really funny. <laughs> I can't, I didn't, I can't claim that that was original. I and and you said that, that in the episode. Um, but because we talked about, I was like, I'm going to be really mad if Hugh Jackson doesn't get a job and Todd Haley does because I don't like Todd Haley. And literally a week later when I'm not in studio, he gets a job again with the Bengals, which I don't even think that he should have right now, which is funny. I mean, I agree. I, don't um, think, he should have either. I think that he should have taken time and then maybe getting a job. But regardless... Who are we to say what a man should do with his own career? But right. I think that's funny and ironic that I mentioned that I was worried that he might not get a job and then he just walks right into one. So I want to talk about a few of the points I brought up yeah. or kind of questions that I asked. Do you feel like this happened to get back at the Cleveland Browns who they're now facing this weekend like two times in the next three weeks? Well, and that was the other thing I said is because... This is another thing that I wanted to bring up. First of all, no, I don't think that's what it was. Okay. I think that, I I kind of do. I think that he was just, he's been engraved in that organization for, he was he was there for a while and he knows the people, the people there and he's a good relationship with Andy Dalton and then most of the offense and he knows them so he can help out. Yeah, I feel but, like that's exactly what he was saying to everybody but in the back of his mind. See, I don't know. Regardless. I like the question more that you brought up that you said, is this, that, so that Hugh could take over. Okay, that was the next part. And I will be so mad. And I'm, I'm, because you said, you said it too, you didn't want it to happen, you would hate it. And I would be so mad too if that happens. Because we've said it again and again, and he's proven he's not a good head coach. Yeah. He's just not. He was 1-31 in 31 in his first two seasons as a head coach with the Browns. And he was kind of okay in Oakland. But he's yeah. never anything incredible, no. and I just he does what he does well with offenses. But I just I will be so upset if Cincinnati does that. Um, and we'll talk about a lot of this later because uh, one of my cold reads involves head coaches. Huh. So we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But I know Cincinnati's. I know, I know that their situation and Marvin Lewis are kind of on thin ice right now, but. I'll be very upset if it ends up being Hugh Jackson. All right. Well, then we'll save that conversation um, moving forward. I look forward to that. Yeah. Let's talk about last night. Who? I'm pretty (laughs) sure there was a football game. A football game. Yeah. Well, there wasn't a flag football game. Pretty probably somewhere. (laughs) There was somewhere. Which is crazy though, and obviously we're going to talk about this right now, but. And it was funny because I've seen, you know, obviously I'm a defensive guy, so I love defensive battles. But 
This game was so much fun. And what was so cool about it was it was an offensive battle, but it wasn't like the defenses were blowing coverages or they were leaving guys wide open for the most part. For the most part, the coach, it was Andy Reid versus Sean McVay, play for play, scheming up against each other. Yeah. And it was awesome to watch. And there were 21 points scored by the defenses. That's what I want to talk which about. Which was awesome. And the the most interesting thing to me about this, and I want to pull this up because I saved this, um, and I think it's hysterically sad. So the Chiefs are the first team in NFL history to score 50 points and lose. Ooh, okay. NFL teams that scored 50-plus points before – we're 216 and 0 all time. Wow. So no longer can you say, hey, offense, just give us 50 plus points and I guarantee you will win. You might lose if you're facing the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> so uh, I want to say this before I move any any, any further into yeah. it. Because I like that you, you gave credit to both head coaches. Yeah. Because one of the things that I hated so much was I don't even... And you know what? I'm glad I didn't look it up because it's it's the main play-by-play caller for Monday Night Football. I don't know his name. Joe Tessitore. Okay. Well, he said, oh, do you even remember the quote? Because we talked about how we about. both hated it when he was like, we have the young offensive oh, line, yeah, that's right. he goes, Sean McVay and Andy Reid. Versus Andy Reid. Yeah, he goes, no, it was um, the, the, brilliant, the, the brilliant young mind of Sean McVay versus Andy Reid. Andy Reid. <laughs> And I was like, come on. Well, first of all, yeah, you give that credit. You give him props because he is a brilliant Absolutely. But you could like, you could have made that like a cool thing about like the young versus like the sage veteran. Because Andy Reid is a a brilliant offensive mind. He's done it everywhere he's gone. And so I was was like, what? First of all, I mean, I I don't think he he meant no no, disrespect. of course. That's what I was going to say. But. But it was just time, like, come on. It's okay. I mean, I said this last night. I think Monday Night Football needs a reboot of their crew. I'm not really a fan. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's regardless. Right. You can't really beat John Gruden and uh, Mike McDonough. Tarico. Oh. Although I do like I him. like Sean McDonough. I do. I did like him. I thought he was like this nice little. I loved when his voice just totally got destroyed in that playoff game with yeah, Tennessee. It's was, it was cracking <laughs> everywhere. Touchdown! <laughs> <laughs> that just destroyed our mic. Good. So that's probably that probably is the reason why he lost his job. They were like, listen to this audio. <laughs> Tell me that this is good. And then I'll let you keep your job. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rant now. Okay. Oh, gonna, oh, did you say oh no, I'm gonna rave. I'm gonna oh, rave. Okay. I'm gonna rave. Okay. I'm gonna rave about uh who I think might be my new favorite football player. Ooh. Can you guess who it is? Who is it? <laughs> Samson Abukum. Abukum. Also known as EpiPen. <laughs> so guys, if, if you weren't watching the game, and I'm, if you're a fan of football, you were watching the game. But regardless, I really don't think at any point in the game, the caller said his name correctly. <laughs> because I, I made a joke and Adam laughed at me like I was an idiot the first time because I was like, did they just say EpiPen? And then they kept, because he kept making plays and you're like, you literally said you're right. You're right. They, they're saying EpiPen. I swear to God, they were saying EpiPen when they were announcing his name. It was so funny. So I'm gonna buy his jersey and I'm gonna tape it out and say EpiPen. But but Jesus crawl, what a game! What a game! And that's and and obviously everyone's talking about the offensive explosion that happened. So. Fifty four points, fifty one points, over one hundred points. The third highest scoring game in NFL, in NFL history. The highest in Monday Night Football history. Out of like what they said, it was like seven hundred and thirty four oh, games or something games. like that. Yeah. Right? That seems crazy to me too. 
but I said it and not totally how I said it, but I said it last week on the show. Mm-hmm. I said usually when games like this happen, like it starts out defensively and offenses figure it out. Right. That didn't necessarily happen that way. Not really. But this was a much more defensive game than yeah. I think anybody's thinking. That, you're right. Twenty one defensive points scored. You think about it. Uh-huh. And obviously LA is the team that took the ball away the last two Kansas right. City drives. But you think about how about Ron Parker getting right in front of Jared Goff to swat that ball down, mm-hmm. which essentially, if Pat Mahomes didn't make that mistake, that gave Kansas City a chance to at least right. tie it right. or win with how that game was going. All of the things Aaron Donald sacks. Uh, you know what? It was funny because I said, where's Justin Houston? I didn't know he had a sack in this game, but he did. He yeah. had a sack. Yeah. There were a good handful of sacks, two fumbles. D Ford was all over the place. This was a lot more defensive driven than I think anyone's going to ever look at and, and give the credit to those defenses. Yeah, for. and and it really was it really was a battle the whole way, and that's what I'm saying is a lot of times when you see these shootouts, it's defenses blowing coverages and guys are just getting open, but that's not what this was. They the, the offenses scored over 100 points, but they earned every single one of those points. Yeah. Even on the plays where Tyreek Hill was open deep, it were like double or triple moves beating guys deep. You know what I mean? It wasn't just he started running and he was open. Right. Even though he could do that. But regardless, like, the, these teams fought for the entire 60 minutes, and that's why it was such a good game. And and you're right. I mean, there was a point where LA we thought LA was going to run away with it because – they scored two straight defensive touchdowns. They were up by ten, and they almost they, they almost caught a third one. And we were like, "Oh my gosh, you're gonna be up by seventeen. And then they called it back. But I obviously not in terms of the points or the yardage, but defenses were the most important thing in this game because you knew both offenses were gonna have get their points. And they were gonna get their yardages, but the defenses were gonna have to step up in big moments and. Both of them did. I mean, Kansas City stepped up in big moments. Yeah. But, I mean, L.A. was just got the last laugh with the last two big moments. And you can't even say, I mean, obviously to give up 54 points is bad. Yeah. But at the key moment, Kansas City's defense stepped up at the exact moment they needed to as well. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they gave they gave their offense the shots. Yep. And L.A. just turned around and said, no, you're not going anywhere. Yep. So, so, which was cool to see. I mean, it was. Uh, I'm glad because... Those last couple of drives, those were defined by defense. Absolutely. So absolutely. I I wanted to say that I feel like for a game that was the highest scoring, we just yeah. talked about it all. Defense played such a key role that I feel like people are gonna be like, those offenses did everything. Yeah. So much credit is deserved to those defensive players, including my new favorite player, EpiPen. Say his real name for the fans. Please. Samson Abukum. Abukum. Abukum is his real name. Or EpiPen. If you work for ESPN, you call oh, well, him EpiPen. Also, <laughs> also, another thing I wanted to point out, though, because I saw people talking about this, people were questioning Sean McVay at the end of the game and saying that he was being, quote, out-coached because he threw the ball twice on that final drive Okay, after the first interception by Marcus Peters. Yeah. And I want to talk about it because I think it's a great call. Okay, I don't. Because, but... think about, okay, so think about the game that you're that you're in right there. So you're in a game. Where over a hundred points, I mean, obviously, have been scored. They have been scored at that point. Yep, a hundred points have been scored. So think about it. You haven't really, really. I mean, you have your defensive scores and you had your moments. You haven't really stopped that offense for the whole game. So 
why do you turn around and hand it off to Todd Gurley, who on the ground had been bottled up the whole game? Mm, okay. He, on the on rushing, Todd Gurley hadn't really done anything. I don't know what the final stats were on that. Okay. But Todd Gurley really hadn't run the ball. That he had a couple passes that were great. So you're gonna turn around and say, okay, run the ball three times just so they get their timeouts and get the ball back? No. You take your offense, who by the way didn't have a bad game at all yesterday. Had a pretty good game, if I would say so. Yeah. Give your team that had passed the ball so incredibly well the whole day a shot to get the first down and end the game. I mean, I mean, you're right. You haven't been stopped. I don't think you could say that that that's a bad coaching decision. I mean, I I can you you can make an argument for it being a bad coaching decision yeah. because i mean yeah todd we can't say todd Gurley had a bad game because todd I mean, Gurley had a bad game by todd Gurley well, standards he had a bad game but he had 55 rushing yards that's on 12 said. carries for the that's most part, that's was... 4.6 yards a carry okay the thing is and it, and it was, it's hilarious it, just because of yeah. our personal what was happening <laughs> i can't believe they didn't give it to him more right i mean it was it really was so fascinating that they there were times where it was Malcolm Brown on the field for almost a whole drive and not Todd Gurley, which made no sense. Very strange. Now, I will say there there is a new there's news out that Sean McVay was saying Gurley was limited because early in the game he'd ruled his ankle. Oh, I just okay. Make that known. I don't feel like that's being very broadcasted. Yeah, I haven't out heard that at all. But the thing is, Todd Gurley and the opportunities he was given, he was never stopped. Yeah. He never lost negative yards as much. Every time he got the ball, it's like it's gonna be negative yards, and then it was at least three, <laughs> four. If you and and McVeigh would never run it three times in a row, no, most likely. Actually, probably he, he probably would because it would be intelligent and it would work somehow. Regardless, <laughs> if you pick up three, three, and four, you picked up the first down, right? And no right. one stop. You're not stopping Todd Gurley, right? And so to be so risky, because and and the thing is, and people can say. This would be ex- people would be calling for McVeigh's head if Kansas City, City had, had scored. scored. Yeah, because they threw the ball. Jared Goff obviously had the incompletion. Mm-hmm. Kansas City saved the timeout. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get Kansas it. They saved two timeouts actually. Did they? I thought they only had one. Okay, but well. regardless, the other thing is if they if Jared Goff completes it for a first down, Sean McVeigh, Sean McVeigh is the smartest coach that ever existed. I mean, yeah, we're talking about the, the you, hindsight. You know what I mean? But, but it's just, it, she makes me so mad. People are like, oh, he's being kind of outcoached here. But like, no. He looked at it and he said, my defense hasn't really stopped them, especially not lately, because they were up 10 and then all of a sudden they weren't. Right. So is my defense has done anything. My offense has, has led us this whole game. Go get the first down. And I, why, in, in what world is that stupid? I mean, what does it mean to be outcoached? Because right. you, yeah, you I mean, called... Pass plays, right. and Kansas City didn't allow completions. Right. What does I mean, that mean? It doesn't make sense to me either. But I mean, I don't think "outcoached" is the right word. Probably I, not. But I mean, it's just yeah. I, I, people, fans. I'm sure people are saying it. I <laughs> completely believe it. But it was fun. I will say. Do you have more to talk about with this game? No. Or I mean, I mean, start? I, you can. Are we gonna play to bleed this one in the next segment that we have about this game? What is or, that? Uh, bigger than football. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can. Uh, so, I mean... I forgot about that. No. Yeah, what a good host, right? Maybe I should be saving my well, question. Someday. Who knows? Anyway. Um, yeah, so we haven't had a bigger than, bigger than football segment in a while, and I thought it was fitting that 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, so first of all, this game wasn't even supposed to be in LA. Right. It was supposed to be in Mexico City, which, yep. man, they missed out. That stinks. Although, for all we know, maybe the field conditions would have made the game less good. I mean, they, you know? <laughs> they talked about if they had gone, they weren't going to play a lot of those players. So... Maybe they should have gone and Tucker they wouldn't have played. I, I had matchup. thought about that. <laughs> anyway, um, so I don't know all the details about the tragedy. I really don't. But there were massive fires. Well, they're still in, dealing with in the Los Angeles area in California. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people lost their homes, uh, lost lives, lost possessions, had to you know leave home, and just terrible, terrible stuff and the rams in the coliseum they gave away thousands of tickets to the la fire department first responders and their families yeah and just masses of them were there with their families that night and i just and, and most of the players we we saw we saw it on jared goff for the first time but they had hats that said uh lafd on it yep uh los angeles fire department which is really really cool and it it's cool. just it's it happens every week, so I mean, we really could do a bigger than football every week. It just wouldn't be super dramatic every week because it's not it doesn't always have to be. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, a little little tangent here. Our buddy Charlie, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, you know, he said he was having a bad week, and he he's been having a really bad fantasy year for all of you. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's okay. He doesn't really listen to the show, so he probably won't hear this. But regardless, <laughs> so he's been having a bad Perfect. fantasy year, and he beat one of the top teams in our league uh, this past weekend. And he said, I'm crying right now. I'm so happy. I've had a terrible week and this made me feel better. So, like, there are things, stories like that every week about football making your day better. For sure. That, so it's bigger than that. But especially in a moment where all these people, can you imagine the despair that they've been, they've been going through and the pain and the suffering and just the, the, the anxiety and the worry about all these things that happen and the NFL steps up and says, you know what, here – you guys can come to this game. We're giving you tickets. And to be able to watch a game like that yeah, and have so much fun watching one of the better football games that's happened in a while. For sure. And it's just, you cannot quantify that experience at all. And I just think it's, I think it needs to be pointed out and I think it needs to be, be given some, some, a little bit of a spotlight here because it's just really great. It's definitely an amazing um, platform to bring people together. Yes. And to, I mean, every game does that, whether or not you're, you're buying tickets, like we're going right. to a game soon and right. we're just going to, we're going to enjoy being friends yes. and that experience. But to be, I'll, I'll use rewarded, to be rewarded and thanked yeah. for your service in, in the world. Yeah. And to, to go with your family and to be able to just take a few hours that I'm sure, I'm sure the last week. There have been countless hours of, yeah. like you said, stress and worry and, and, and despair. And so to just take your mind off it and, and witness amazing NFL history, yeah. it's just, it has to be amazing. And so that's the wonderful thing about, about football, about sports, yeah. is that it's able to take your mind off of your worries. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why people, there are, there are a lot of people in the world who think sports is just dumb jocks making way too much money making and not caring about it not caring else. about the world but i mean like they do so much for people there's a small percentage of people of players who are like that oh we i mean yeah. we cannot deny that but the majority of players are the furthest thing from those things from those and and even more than that i mean just just the fact that it exists yeah 
just the fact that these things in the world exist that are able to be, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, just, I don't want to say security because it, it's not, they're not, it's not like a safety blanket, but it's just an escape. Yeah. That you're able to do that in, in really troubling times. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say this. I will say it, but I'm not, it's not connected to the point, but yeah. just like after nine eleven, yeah, when all of the teams and like how they came together and was such a, absolutely, uh, move in a sign of patriotism and how it brought the country together and it, they, it's able to do that and you know that I, I, back then they even I, I, I believe they even talked about canceling the games that weekend but they said no like we're gonna do it yeah and so many people have said and talked about how the fact that they had those games that weekend was everything that they needed at that moment right because some sometimes i'm getting emotional right here me too <laughs> like that really just hit me Sometimes life is way too much. Yeah. And you just need to sit down and watch football. <laughs> I'm crying right now. Ooh. It's just, <laughs> it's amazing what a thing like this, how it can bring people together. Yeah. No, it really is. And uh, we can even dwell on it more because I'm just going to keep getting really <laughs> But let's wow. talk about a much, well, I don't want to say it's much more depressing than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not more depressing than the disaster going on, obviously. But who? Talking about a, a pretty big deal uh, for an NFL starting quarterback, which we have to. Oh, I do have one more thing to say. About. Yeah. This this will this will cheer us up. My favorite part about watching the game last night because I went over to Adam's house last night and we watched the game, and I didn't plan on watching the entire thing because I, I didn't. Right. I, we knew it was gonna be amazing. I yeah. Gonna, but your parents went to sleep, <laughs> and we had to spend like the last like quarter whispering. whispering? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Jared Goff, go. <laughs> That was my favorite part because it was such a crazy game with so much happening. It's true though because had we been watching that anywhere else, we've been screaming. <laughs> At least I definitely would have been. So that was it was just like so... the volume down to four. <laughs> Happy Bengo. <Go>. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, good All right. Segment. So much like Alex's Alex Smith's career oh. he became the afterthought. Oh. We had to come back to him. I feel like oh. it was really fitting. So Alex Smith. Alex Smith. There's a lot of sad things I'm talking about today. <laughs> so I love Alex Smith. You you are a huge Alex Smith fan. I'm a big Colt McCoy fan, though. So well, see, go you got uh, Colt McCoy coming out. All right, so play. we're going to hit you right now with the weirdest things about this. So for those of you who don't know, Alex Smith got injured. This it was a, It's a broken leg. Is that what it is? Uh, that's like the non-scientific way to say okay. it. The scientific way to uh, say it is, uh, I'm I'm afraid to even try to say these things. To... Well, I mean, it's his. I will just say it's his tibula and fibula. Okay, good, nice. I I, I, I can say those. those words. It's it, there's more scientific well, words that go along with it. But regardless, so for those of you who also don't know this, Joe Theismann, a former Washington quarterback, a uh, very good quarterback had a very similar injury and if you look at the video it, it, it both of them are very it's very gross and <laughs> it was a career ending injury for Joe Theismann but they both happened when they were both quarterbacks for the same team they were both injured on the same date November 18th both games had the same final score 23 to 21 both quarterbacks ended their season with the same number of pass attempts That's- 306, Spooky. and it both happened on the 40-yard line. So it's really kind of strange. 
That is very strange. And sad. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's some sort of curse going on in Washington that in, I don't know, 36 years it's going to happen to another quarterback well, or something like they're that. They're having such a solid year, too, you know? They're, they're right there in the thick of it for the I've, division. I've, I haven't really been the biggest fan of Washington, yeah, personally. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, so basically what we... I, I will say this, just in case nobody knows about the news about Alex Smith. Basically what happened is his leg bone was completely broken. And it was only Ugh. held, like what kept his leg together was his skin oh. and his muscles. So it's one of those things where, like, when he whipped his leg around, like it completely went. Oh, yeah, we. Well, I won't paint any more picture, oh, but I mean, this is God. this is not like somebody God, rolled their strange. ankle. No, like, like this is very graphic and devastating. I've been painting right now. So yeah, it, it feels so bad for Alex. I mean, I, I feel bad for, like, I mean, you have to naturally feel bad for yeah. a human being. You never want to be like, yeah, he broke his leg. That's hilarious. Unless you're Greg Jennings and you put your back on. <laughs> then it's awesome. I put the team on my back. <laughs> That's, that only happened in Madden, though, not in real life. But isn't that so creepy, though, about the whole Joe Theismann thing? And yeah, Joe Theismann tweeted out, like, almost immediately after it happened. He's like, That's the same thing that happened to me. Yep. Yep, and then you find out all these weird details about it, and it, like really, really specific things. The same number of pass attempts to end the season, the same final score, the same exact date, and that one is actually crazy too because it, that doesn't normally happen in the NFL because Sundays fall on different numbers. Right, I mean, you have every to, year. It has to be a certain amount of years for it to match up the to same. match up the same date. So I mean. And then, uh, I mean, people got a little ridiculous out of hand on Twitter. Right, so when you talked to me on Monday, I, was <laughs> I came like, in on Monday on. and I said this because there's there was a Twitter thread about all these crazy things, and a lot of them are true. I check, fact checked all the ones that I said, but some people were like crazy. They were like, "It was a rainy day, and the guy who got uh, Theismann's last name was Smith, and the guy who got Smith's last name was Theismann." And Josh so Adam said that to me. I was like, "It was JJ Watt." <laughs> <laughs> I was I was positive it was JJ Watt. Right, I was Watts, like Watts made an end. I was ninety percent sure it was JJ Watt, and but more so than that, when you're like, no, I was like, I don't, I don't think there's a Thiesman that plays for the Texans. Watts, Watts middle name is Thiesman. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is probably gonna sound really negative when I say this though. Okay. But I mean, how poetic is it that it's JJ Watt that oh, causes the injury? I mean, yeah. After, I mean. I feel like, because he was one of the first people there to be, like, checking on Smith oh, and yeah. as he was being carted and, off. And like, it J.J. Has... Watt's A-class human being. Right. But... So, everything that J.J. Watt's been through with an injury history, to yeah. be there for Alex Smith to be like, hey, like, it's going to be okay. Absolutely. Keep pushing. Like, that has to, in a way, be comforting to Alex Smith, kind of. Yeah, and we talked about it. It could conceivably, very possibly be the end of Alex Smith's career. It could. It could be. It could. But we did talk about it, and if he ends up, you know, with the way medical technology and rehab is today, it's very possible also that he could recover. I mean, oh, I mean he 36 will... years ago that Joe Theismann had this injury, the, the the medical advancements that have happened in the last 36 years are just incomprehensible at times. So he could work his way back if he wanted to. And, that, and even if Washington didn't want him, they're a quarterback team that will sign Alex Smith. So I'll, I'll say this and then have a kind of think about it. The same time that that happened to Theismann, an yeah. ACL tear was the end of your career as well. Right. well. And now we see that People are every back. week. Exactly. We see that every week. I mean, there's three or four players that are probably going to be up for a comeback player of the year this year that tore their ACL last right. year. So 
what makes me worried kind of talking about the future of Alex Smith's career yeah. is because I, I don't think, now I, I could be wrong, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, I don't even play one on TV, I hate when people <laughs> say that, <laughs> is I don't think this is going to, I don't think he'll be back next year. No, it would be, and he's 34, and This is This is a similar, not, not the exact same, but last year, do you remember when Chicago Bears tight end Zach Miller broke his leg in in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. And he's a player that I love. I oh, love I mean, yeah. Zach Miller. And he did all the same things. He had to go right to the hospital, have surgery right away. He's still not back. I mean, they talked about when that injury happened that he almost died because it was so close to an artery. Yeah, which is but terrifying. I thought he came back and got hurt again. I'm pretty positive that's not true. Okay. But regardless, yeah, he's, it takes forever. To have I would have, I would feel even worse if that was the fact. Now yeah. I kind of want to look it up, but regardless, <laughs> he's not playing right now. Yeah. So if he was able to come back. Well, you're right. It, it, if Alex Smith wants to come back, it's going to take more than just a year. Probably. And that is what makes me worried about because then he has so much time off. He's obviously getting up there in age. Yeah. The one saving grace, I'll call it that, is teams, there's always a team oh. that needs a quarterback. For whatever reason. A starter, I mean, it doesn't have to be a starter. It, Especially a player like Alex Smith, who's as smart as he is. He's a very cerebral player. Yeah. You know, there's always a need for that kind of player in your locker room. He's a great locker room guy, too. So, it just, if Alex Smith does find a way to get healthy again and wants to play football, there will be a place for him. There And also, also, he has so much guaranteed money from Washington. And this is the reason why... The, this is another reason. This is another re- you know, it's the quarterback position is different than the running back position. But this is another reason why Le'Veon Bell has held out the whole year. Yeah. Because if you don't get the guaranteed money, because the franchise tag is zero guaranteed money. If you get hurt, you lose that money. Okay. So, you know, Le'Veon Bell is holding out for this reason. He he could break a leg at any moment and lose all of his money. So, yeah. I mean, we don't have to get into that. But regardless, you know, you, you feel for the guy – Obviously, thoughts and definitely prayers are out to him and his family. But, you know, I, I, we'll see what happens with Washington because this division is totally up for grabs. Completely, completely is. Um, I'll say this wrapping up. I think, in my opinion, the best track for Alex Smith moving forward is not to aim to come back to be a starting quarterback. You're probably not. I think it's to come back to be a second string where maybe if something happens, you're able to be extremely... perform extremely well but use your mind yes I mean use your mind to mentor somebody because at this point now you're thinking about your well-being of your body oh without a doubt yeah so I mean I think he still probably has that passion to play but after experiencing what he did that has to be pretty difficult yeah I mean that mentally I mean obviously mentally I can't even fathom I mean I've had injuries before too but nothing like that yeah that'd be terrifying Mm -hmm. so We'll see what uh, the future holds for Alex Smith. That'll be probably a story for years to come. Yeah, so yeah. We're going to shift focuses to another quarterback that we've mm-hmm. talked about a few times, and it's Adam's favorite thing to talk about, and that is famous Jameis Winston being named the starter once again in Tampa Bay. First of all, I hate when rivals have that. And that's not just the jaded Buffalo saying Second that. of all, this topic makes me crabby. Sorry, I had to say it. Anyway, uh, yeah, okay, first of all, fantasy football mini rant. So, yeah, you can do that. everybody, I am right on the fringe of making the playoffs in our league with our friends from, from Pittsburgh, and first of all, I've been in the title game the first two years of this, 
league, and I won last year. So I have a lot to hold up to, right? I can't miss the playoffs entirely in this season. It'd be a very Philadelphia Eagles thing to be to do. It's it's horrible. So first of all, there's so many layers to this because I started. I I had Ryan Fitzpatrick early in the year when he was going off, which helped me, and then I traded him for players that I traded to like help me out. And then I picked him back up because he was dropping the other guy when Jameis came in. Yep. And then Fitz came back, and I had him in the last couple of weeks where he was like, okay. Yep. And so we head into Sunday night, and I have Chicago left. Fitz scored me eight points, which is horrible. But I still have a little bit of a shot. And Chicago, first of all, had 25 points before the last couple touchdowns by Minnesota, especially the one that digs late. Yeah. Which we were rooting for because we needed, we wanted our buddy Charlie to beat our friend Mike, who's been on the show a couple times, so that the playoff picture can get muddled and we could still make the playoffs. And, I mean, it happened. That and we were like, yay, yay, yay. That didn't affect us Which at all. lowered I all of Chicago's points for me down to 15. And then I was only up by 10 and he had Todd Gurley left. Who, by the way, didn't get the points that he needed until late in the third quarter. Started the fourth quarter. It was I pretty think. amazing. I mean, it was early. It, it was late in the third quarter. It was unbelievable. It was amazing you but that one. if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't throw three interceptions, I win that game. So I'm so upset with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Naturally so. But I just, I'm so over Tampa Bay. I, I just, you get rid of Dirk Cutter. Get your new quarterback next year and get a whole new quarterback room. I'm I just I obviously I can't stand Jameis and I've loved Fitzmagic for so long, but he always does this. I mean and You're right. And and I think even early on when I was talking about how high I was on him, I think I still said he's gonna be great for a while, so ride it now because it's not gonna last forever. Okay. Because you know, obviously, I saw it firsthand in Buffalo, and he does it everywhere he goes. <laughs> Literally everywhere he goes. You're so right. next year, I wouldn't even sign him because you know if you sign him, your starter's going to get injured, and he's going to take over and be great, and then ruin your season. <laughs> yeah, I really feel like this puts a staple on Cutter being gone. Yeah. I, I hate the decision to whenever. I mean, obviously, Fitzpatrick was playing extremely poorly. You can't yeah. deny that. Yeah. But you can't just continue to do this flip-flop crap. Yeah. I mean, when you pulled Fitzpatrick for Jameis, I was like, well, you stick with Jameis Winston for the rest of the ride. Right. And then when you pull Jameis Winston, I was like, well, now you need to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. You can't keep doing this. Like, And the thing that makes me kind of just want to throw up a little bit <laughs> is because each time he does it, the other quarterback comes in and like plays, plays amazingly, yeah. gets his team back to the within like a field goal both that's when Jameis played horribly against uh it was Cincinnati wasn't it was, it was Cincinnati they yeah. got back within three points they lost when they're playing last week against uh the Giants uh, yes the Giants Jameis comes back and I'm pretty sure it was a field goal game wasn't 38, it 35 so and then it just kind of continues to keep working which makes Cutter kind of look intelligent but I don't think it does I don't think it means he's intelligent I think it means that they didn't prep for the other quarterback which is stupid because you should know. so it shouldn't be stupid but it's just silly because you should realize that this is what happens with the Tampa Bay Bucks. but it just means you didn't prep all week for that other quarterback and they turn around and they lit a spark and you let your foot off the gas pedal because you were up by so much yeah so it, 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 Cutter I, I think Cutter's done and I think I pretty sh- I'm so confident that he'll be done at the end of the year. So. That's all I want to say. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> don't want to dwell. No, I mean we would just keep saying the same thing over true. and over again. Regardless. So moving on, Let's do some cold reads. 
I'm excited. We haven't done a lot of cold reads in a while. I mean, we haven't been given. Uh, I'll go first because, I mean, okay. you're pretty confident and just in Just before one. you ask, you're going to do both. And in a I'm row? Gonna, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to do both. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go with the relatively shorter one okay. first. And it's something we've talked about. I've already asked you this question, and I feel like you gave me a really short no. Okay. And I want I want you to delve a little more into so it's it. it's not the short. I mean, it's not the, but I, this the isn't. <laughs> so this week, uh, Derek Carr, right? He's the one playing right now. Okay, David Carr <laughs> came out and said that the Vikings messed up by giving Kirk Cousins the contract that they did. Oof. At this point in the season where the Vikings are, is he right now? Rewind month and a half ago, two months, I asked you this question, and you said no. Has that answer changed? No. It's... No. It, and it's a similar reason why. I mean, first of all, they're still right there. Yeah. And the, I mean, I you pull up the... I've had the playoff standings up here, and I, we haven't mentioned it as much as I thought we were in an episode. But regardless, they're, uh, they're still sitting there with the sixth seed, and they still have a shot to win the division in the end, too. So, regardless... Um, no, you're not. And the reason is the NFL is always changing and this is the same, this is very similar to why you can't look back and compare players in different spots if they were drafted by different players or missing. Okay. Is you can't look back and say, well, they didn't need to spend all that on money. Kirk Cousins a mistake because look at them now. No, uh, every, Chicago wasn't this last year. If, if they had Kirk Cousins last year, Minnesota, they probably don't even lose a game because of the, the landscape of the NFL and the teams they ended up playing. But this year, teams are, are better. Uh, even though Detroit has a worse record than last year, I think Detroit's a tougher team to play this year than they were last year. Uh, certainly Chicago. Yeah. And definitely Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers back this year. So you, you look at it and you're saying, okay, it was a mistake. No, Kirk Cousins is playing really good football. Obviously, this is a cold read, so I don't have the stats on Kirk Cousins, but I bet you you pull up the stats on Kirk Cousins, and they're pretty good. Yeah. And the reality is, yeah, they're 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 not, in terms of records, as, as good as they were last year, but you can't compare year to year it, that way, so specifically anyway, or, or, or pit it on one player, because Kirk Cousins has played good football for them, and they've just lost tight games, you know? So, so no, I don't think it's a mistake. Stack, I pulled up the stats real fast for us. Oh, thanks, uh, okay. Thus far on the season, Kirk Cousins has 2,947 yards, okay. 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Okay. Not good. not bad stats, but yeah. I think, and I this will be my last comment on, on this particular question. Okay. I think the biggest knock and this has been his entire career, yeah. is that Kirk Cousins hasn't won the big game. That's true. If you look at it's Kirk like, Cousins like prime, t- in, in it's prime like time, it's, prime time. it's bad. Yeah. And so those are the games, why in theory, like why they yeah. brought in this, we'll call him superstar quarterback. Okay. That has some air quotes around it because I think, I mean, I love Kirk Cousins. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know if you can put him in that category right now. Probably not. Regardless. I feel like that's why people are going to get yeah. It's 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 unfair. And the season's not over yet. Oh, it's, it's not. Definitely a lot can so, happen. So it's so not we'll fair see. that he has this target on him. But yeah. when you continue to do things like we saw on Sunday night, 
you're going to get that criticism. You only, you only get so many chances to change the narrative. Right. So. so. My second question, staying in the north, going to go over to uh, to my team. And this is something that I talked to you about a little bit earlier on. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers, four, five, and one. Okay. Ooh, that's that hurts. Yeah. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers because a lot of people, and and rightfully so, I understand it. We saw on Thursday night last yeah. week against the Seattle Seahawks, Aaron Rodgers wasn't the reason they lost, but no. he the last play, he the last play that he had the ball in his hands, it was a completely bad pass. Yep. Let's look at his stats real fast, though. Okay. On the year, nineteen touchdowns, one interception, unreal, three thousand seventy-three yards, a hundred and two point two quarterback rating. <laughs> And so there's an article on ESPN right now about how those numbers don't match what a losing record is. Here's a little fun fact from this article. Yeah. But I think, so I mean, like, obviously I didn't find it, but it's it's amazing. It says, he has thrown the most touchdowns with one interception for a losing team, for a losing, for a team, sorry, with a losing record through 10 games in the Super Bowl era, the most touchdowns compared to one interception for a losing team in the Super Bowl era, which is so, 50 years. So in the last 50 years of teams that had a losing record at this point in the season, he has the most touchdowns. Compared to one interception. So like the touchdown to interception ratio is 19 to 1. That's, yes. Okay. The closest being in 1991 when the 4 and 6 Browns with Bernie Kozar? Kozar? Kozar, yeah. Threw eleven touchdowns to one pick. Wow! So it's not close at all. That's eight touchdowns, which is <laughs> that's not it's not like twenty two, but eight touchdowns game, is hard to throw. Like two full games. That's if you're eight. hot. Yeah. So, wow. tell me a little bit about how you feel about this Packers team. What's going on, and what do they need to do to get going? Because they're not out of it. Fire Mike McCarthy. But they're kind of out of it. Well, first of all, they are kind of out of it. And I'm gonna tell you. I gotta tell you why, because I don't think people realize this. Their conference record's two, four, and one. Yeah. So they're not winning any tiebreakers. Okay. It's almost division or bust for them because they're not gonna bit get the the people they're lumped in with because they're at the nine seed right now. You know, Seattle has a four and three conference record and obviously the tiebreaker. Dallas has a four and three conference record. Atlanta has a four and three conference record, and those are the only teams that would probably get there where the six seed. Or, and obviously Minnesota has four, three, and one. Uh, conference record, Carolina 4-3. So they're two, maybe four, three games back of, of that in terms of tiebreakers. But that being said, it's so sad. And we we mentioned this too. Is you, I almost hope that they do poorly so that McCarthy can get out of there and that you can give Aaron Rodgers, maybe not Sean McVay level, but a Sean McVay type of offensive mind who's going to look at Aaron and be like, I'm going to make you the greatest that there ever was. Because everybody says it. I mean, how insane is it? Is how insane is it? Is that the majority of NFL fans will look you in the eyes and say Tom Brady's the greatest player ever, but will also, in the same breath, say Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback ever. I mean, so many people will say that, and yet Aaron Rodgers has only won one Super Bowl in his lifetime. It's just, it's unfair, and he has he has weapons, but they're young guys who are still trying to figure it out. And, 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 you know, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, the young rookie, uh, Equinemus St. Brown, the young rookie as well. I can't yeah. believe that I said both those names correctly and then said Wookiee instead of rookie. I'm so sad. 
But regardless, it's just 19 touchdowns to one reception. Any other team, he's the MVP right now. Yeah. Clear cut. But obviously Drew Brees is doing what he's doing, and people have this infatuation with Patrick Mahomes. But <laughs> regardless, it, you're, and that's fascinating to me, and it's sad, and the answer is Mike McCarthy being the coach. I will say, <laughs> though, uh, moving forward, at least in, in the division, uh-huh. and I think it, I appreciate it, and I'm glad that you said conference because yeah. – the division's not that. I mean, they have one game to go with each opponent in, yeah. in the division, starting, obviously, with Sunday night, which is going to be huge. So, Kirk Cousins keeping bad in prime time for a Packers fan, please. Is it Sunday night football? Sunday football. Um, They have the easiest schedule going forward. Yeah. Chicago is one of the toughest. Yeah. Minnesota's middle of the pack. So, we'll see what happens. That'll gonna be, be fun. Yeah. Who? Okay. All right. Let's, so uh, my cold reads. I'm nervous about this. You've so been do the first bragging one. about it all. This is a quick one. Hey, <laughs> shut up. This is a quick one. So in the last, surprisingly, so this is we're going back to, or, well, not surprisingly, we're going to go back to, let's say, 2000 and 2006. Oh God. Okay. So since 2006, one, two, three, four, five. Six quarterbacks have won NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. Six. Those six are Vince Young, Matt Ryan, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Robert Griffin III, and Dak Prescott two years ago. Uh-huh. Which Dak should not have won. Regardless, I agree, actually. But I think – no, you know what? I'm just going to ask it. Does a quarterback win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year this year uh, and – if so, who? If not, who? No, quarterback's not going to win. Okay. I, I, I was very confidently going to say that too, but some people maybe see Baker. I could understand. I yeah. could understand, especially with what Baker Mayfield's brought to the Cleveland Browns. And he's done pretty darn well. Yeah. We're going to talk about him next week. Yeah. And we're going to check on, on my Baker tracker and see how yeah. that predict, or that prediction is going. Mm-hmm. Um, if a quarterback does win, it's quarterback biasy. Yes. And that's definitely a, a thing. Yeah, and we've gotten mad about that many times on the show. Um, so, so, so when a quarterback doesn't win it, who do you think is going to win? Oh, Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Okay. Cool. And unfortunately, the biggest thing, I think quarterback biasy could take effect, but I think the biggest reason why Saquon might get overlooked is because of how poorly the New York Jet, or Giants record is. Yeah. But Hey, two in a row, maybe they win the division. I mean, they, they could at this point. <laughs> The thing is, for most, I mean, especially when they were doing so poorly and yeah. not winning any games, Saquon was the offense. Absolutely. And you say that about quarterbacks. You say yeah. that the quarterback is what is willing your offense. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley was willing that offense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so if you if you take that if you take him away from the New York Giants, they mm-hmm. weren't losing by three, seven, ten. Like they're losing by. 20 yeah. in those games. Yeah. Or if there's offense, if there's offense, if you say there was 450 total yards of offense, it's like 200 total yards of yeah. offense if you take him away. So that, and we talked about what MVP means versus what actually wins. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think he's proven he's, okay. he's the most valuable rookie. I like that. So my second one, which is fun, and I think that we could end up spending time on it if we yeah, let's, need to or let's want do to. It. But 
our buddy Charlie asked me this, and I want to ask it to you because okay. I'm really interested to hear what you said. Yeah. He asked me which NFL head coaching jobs will be open this offseason. And Ooh. at first I was like, oh, this is easy. And then I thought about it, and there are a couple that aren't that easy. And so I had, what's it? So Cleveland's already open, so that's one. Yeah. So including Cleveland, that's one, two, three, four, five. I said six, maybe seven. Oh, and then she's I named pro. The one, and then I named the ones. I want you to tell me how many, and I want to tell you which one. I want you to tell me which ones you think they will be. You're telling me, or I have to figure them out I right want, now? No, no, no. I want you to guess. I want you to tell me yours. Okay, obviously there's Cleveland. So Cleveland is the one. Baltimore. You're saying that that's one of yours? Yeah. Okay, so that's two. Um, I'm going to say Green Bay. Three, okay. Um, this is tough. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw in a wild card and say New England based on how the season ends. Okay. But that is that has an asterisk on it. Four with an asterisk. Uh, God, this is like a tough cold read because I don't want to... We talked about two of them. Uh, we, I mean, there's Tampa. Tampa, so that's five. Um, let's see. Uh, do you have New York on your list? Jets? Yes. You do? Yes. I don't agree with that one, okay. but we'll put it on the list just so I can keep this in front of me. We talked about Tampa. Or we used to Tampa. We talked about uh, Cincy possibly. Yeah, that'd probably be the other one. Other than that, nothing comes to my... Oh, I will, I will say Denver. Okay. Throwing that in there. So that's my list right there. So the ones that I had that I gave him were Tampa... Cleveland, obviously, the Jets, the Packers, uh, the Broncos, Cincy, and Dallas. See, I think Dallas is going to get on a hot streak here, and they're not going to get rid of him. Which is so upsetting, but regardless. Uh, And then... That would have been on my list, too. If they had not won the... I wouldn't even say if they beat... When they they beat... when they, I don't even care if they beat Atlanta. When they beat Philadelphia, I feel like that saved Jason Terry's job. Uh, Charlie agreed with all the ones that I said and put in Baltimore and Seattle. Okay. Ooh, Seattle. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. But okay. Uh, but regardless, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, so let's just cross Cleveland out because we've already talked about Bruce Arians <laughs> coming and making that team. Baltimore's awesome. interesting, and when he said Baltimore, oh, this is your this is your call. I mean, I want this. I mean, this could be an equal. But regardless, when he, when he said when he said Baltimore, we talked about it at the one moment where I would understand it, but I don't think it should happen. I mean, I. I talked about it last week, so I won't talk about it too much. I yeah. pretty much mapped this out. But, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's already done. I'm pretty yeah. sure they've already agreed. Yeah. And I think John Harbaugh yeah. is going to leave with Ozzy. Okay. And, no, I think he's going to be a coach somewhere. Yeah. But I think he just is going to leave the organization on a more mutual level yeah. and let a new GM mm-hmm. get their head coach the way okay. – I mean, obviously, Ozzy Newsom didn't – he's been there since right. Baltimore came – the Ravens came back to Baltimore, mm-hmm. so he didn't like they didn't come in together. Right. But he's going to let the new GM get his head coach, yeah. and they're going to sh- continue to shape the team based on how they both mm-hmm. think. Versus, a, they might not gel together. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's just going to be mutual kind so of. So here's a fun follow up. Let's say all of these. Let's take New England out of it. Yeah. Let's say all of these are actual openings next year. Yeah. Where does John Harbaugh? What's his best fit? For you, uh, for me, uh, I go. I, I think Tampa or Denver. That's okay. where I would put Harbaugh because both of those. Now the thing is, this it's it's really kind of fascinating because I'm shocked that Tampa has as bad a defense as they do. 
Because they, they have good players. They do. They have good players. And I would say that, I mean, obviously, Denver isn't what they were during their Super Bowl mm-hmm. run, but they have a lot of good pieces, too. They're getting up there in age. Yeah. But I feel like Harbaugh has always been like that, like, old player whisperer where he gets really good production out of them. So that those are those are my two picks for if I were to say where Harbaugh went. I right. feel like you could make an argument for Cincy, too, but I want him to get out of the North. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Where would you see him going? Uh, well, I mean, Baltimore wasn't on your list, but let's pretend it happens, which I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. Um, I like Denver a yeah. lot. Okay. Because of the defense that they potentially could have. I mean, most of their pieces are still there. They lost a lot in the secondary. Yeah. But Harbaugh's been a great secondary coach. And those are, I mean, you can address that. Exactly. So I think Denver would be perfect. You you have Case there. You can pull out someone on him, draft a quarterback next year or yeah. the next couple of years, groom him for the future, and you got it. You know, It's just sad because I think that – I know that they're, they probably part ways and a fresh start is good, but I just want him to stay there because he has that already. He has great defense. He has an old quarterback, and he has the young one that's starting to groom. Right, and that's you know the I mean? thing. But I mean, obviously, the Ravens have always been the ground and pound. Yeah. Kind of, and that's kind of what Harbaugh is. But in a way, the more I've been thinking about it, because we talked about it when I was still in, I was in, uh, I don't remember if I was in Washington at that point yeah, when we talked or whatnot, but I was I was on the phone and we were talking about it and I said, I think it would be a mistake. Yeah. The more I think about this and the more I process it, I, I, I do think it's better. Okay. As much, because I mean, you know I love both Harbaugh brothers, yeah. as, as do you, but I really feel like this is going to be a new generation team okay. and it starts with Lamar and I don't know if Harbaugh is a new generation coach. Okay. I think he's smart enough to do it. But I feel like just getting a new generation coach to go along with your new generation GM okay. and kind of go from there will benefit the quarterback versus having that makes sense. the kind of the stability is what I, the word I used when we were on the phone yeah. a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, okay. I do think it would be for the best. Okay. Um, so let's uh, talk about what is another one. If, if we had these openings, let's, let's not even say. Oh, this is a fun one. I actually wanted to say this. So Green oh, okay. Bay, to figure out Green Bay, yeah. we, uh, for those of you, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but every Thursday, Josh and I watch the Thursday night game at Otis 12 yeah. in Erie and get, in, and get wing, share wings together, get different flavors, and one of the bartenders is always there. I actually sat down and watched mo- uh, most of the first part of the game with us, who's a Packer fan, and he brought up Josh McDaniels, yeah, which I would love. I don't think it'll happen because I think that... We, he, I think the reason he pulled away from Indy was to stay in, was to say stay in New England. take over New England. Yeah. But what a great match that would be! Go from one twelve to another twelve. I'd be so anxious about it. Really? I, I mean, I think it could really work yeah. on the field. I'd be worried about what it did off the field. Okay. Because of those two personalities, yeah, McDaniel's and Rogers. I don't know if those two would mesh mm-hmm. as well as like. We think they could because okay. they could do amazing things offensively on the field, uh-huh. and I feel like at, and I feel like this is a dangerous thing saying because people are already like Aaron Rodgers is a diva and 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 he is I'll I will admit that <laughs> I mean uh, Stephen A Smith says it best when he says Aaron Rodgers is a bad man <laughs> and and the thing is because he's a bad man for really kind of bad reasons too because yeah. Aaron Rodgers and people get on him but I love him for it he wants perfection all the time and he will get in your face and he'll let you know when you don't give him that 
Yeah, which is similar to Tom Brady. Right, I mean, it is. Um, but so, and Aaron Rodgers has never sugarcoated it. So I feel like if you have like two of those kind of guys, yeah. that could that could be bad for the organization. There could become a, it could kind of be, and I don't think this is what's happening in Oakland, but you could, you could start to have McDaniels guys and then you could have Rodgers guys. And I don't want that. So I, I think it'd be really exciting if it happened. I wouldn't be like, no, that sucks. Cause I feel like it could yeah. translate to some success, yeah. but that wouldn't necessarily be like, I want that to happen. I'm going to turn this around on you real fast and say, let's take Green Bay out of it because you have Aaron Rodgers, which is obviously like, would be enticing to anybody wanting to be a head coach. Out of these... Which one would I want? What What would be the most enticing place that a coach would want to go? Well, obviously it wouldn't be Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you including Baltimore? Sure. Baltimore. Tell me about it. Because... It, if it's me, it's Baltimore. <laughs> I think if it's other people, it might be the Jets. Okay. But because if it's me, I love Lamar Jackson, and I think he's going to be a superstar in the NFL. Yeah. And I, obviously, he's not going to run the ball 27 times a game. But We're going to talk about the next I week, just, depending on how that game yes, goes. But I think he's just so electric, and he does things with his legs that nobody else can do. But his arm is really good, too. And... He made some nice throws in that game where I was like, okay, you people have said that his accuracy isn't that great. He was a 60, like 64, 65% completion percentage quarterback in college, which is what it was higher than Sam Darnold's and Josh Allen, who got drafted seventh overall, obviously. So, I mean, I just, I, and I love that. I love the young defensive players they have there. I love, for me, if, if it's me, I love stepping in, knowing I have a quarterback who can be electric and amazing. Yeah. Having a, a couple of nice backs in the backfield and a solid defense, because then I can walk in and say, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk in, I'm gonna draft offensive weapons, I'm gonna draft offensive line, I'm gonna pick up some receivers and free agency, I'm gonna build an offense, and then coach my defense and let somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that that's something that excites me. So that I would say Baltimore. But I feel like a lot of people in the NFL would say the Jets because they like Donald a lot better than Jackson, and they obviously have some more pieces on defense. Right, that's the key for me. Not even comparing Lamar Jackson to Sam Donald because yeah. if you look at the other places on the list, you're right. Like you don't have an, I mean, you have like quarterbacks, but you're probably gonna want to bring in your guy. Right. Where and if I, you and go I to Baltimore or Cincy, but you're probably gonna want to draft your next guy. Right. Case Keenum's not gonna be there. And I just Tampa's think a dumpster fire at quarterback. We talked about the. The key between the Jets and and Baltimore, like I said, taking away the quarterback, is the age of the defense. That's what's important to me. I mean, Baltimore has some young pieces. I think people are forgetting that they've gotten younger over the last couple of years. I mean, they do, but, but I mean, you still right. look at like they're right. they the got core T. The, Sizzle, old, <laughs> the core, Weddle, the core old. of the Jets. You're right, though, is all very young. Yeah, on almost every position, and that's what which I is feel exciting for people would be the tipping point. Yeah, I agree with that. Else, uh, I mean, obviously, we're gonna as we get into postseason. That's well, Coach Talk's to talk gonna be yeah. what we're doing. It'll be fun, which is gonna be cool. So we'll save that. We'll we'll end that yeah. now, unless you have yeah. something else you're dying yeah, okay. to. We can move on to Pal's picks. Oh yeah. So I'm winning now. What? <laughs> you're not. <laughs> you're right. It was the bye week. I just wanted to see what you would do. But I needed that bye week. Yeah. And I'm refreshed. <laughs> I'm rearing to go. That's all right. We both haven't done that well. But 
for those okay, we're You're giving right, each we other both, really hard games. We both people, okay, well. here's the thing: is that if you take other people who do picks and you only pull out the games that we have, I'm sure it wouldn't be that different because we pick some very tough games. We should have had other fans pick it at home too. That'd be <laughs> fun. Maybe next year. That'd be cool. We're it for next year. All right. Maybe yeah. So. Are you going first or am I going first? Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to ask you first. Okay. I feel confident. I'm trying to channel that. All right. So, what did you write? Those are the ones you're giving me. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, first game, Thanksgiving Day. Happy Thanksgiving. The Yeah, if you're listening gobble, to this. Gobble, gobble. Eat some food. Uh, so, we're going to Dallas. Uh, Thanksgiving Day tradition. Dallas football. Yeah. And Texas. Yeah. The Washington versus Dallas in Dallas. <laughs> Colt McCoy starting at quarterback. Yeah, I would have picked this game even if Alex Smith was if he was playing because I was very confident after the run that Dallas has been on yeah. that they were going to claim the division okay. crown uh, on Thanksgiving even if Alex Smith who, uh, I mean, we, we both like Colt McCoy in some uh-huh. capacity and you like him a lot more than I do. But uh, the way that Zeke's been going, and the thing is, Zeke's been running against lines that you think he shouldn't run against, and yeah. he continues to do it. And I feel like just the addition of Amari Cooper has helped a lot of ways, even if it's yeah. not necessarily translating to a whole bunch of stats. And he has done pretty well statistically since yeah. he's been there, too. Yeah. So uh, I'm going Washington all the way. Uh, I like that it's at, at, at home. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm going... Dallas all the way. I, like, I already circled it, man. You going, can't go back. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm going the Dallas Cowboys the entire way. Okay. I think Zeke's going to eat. Uh, I just still don't believe in the patchwork offensive line okay. in Washington. And now that a quarterback who has been a journeyman in some capacities and hasn't played meaningful snaps in a long time isn't going to get it done against a really, a really underrated ferocious defense. I agree. I agree. All right. Dallas at home. Next up, my game of the week. Ooh, good guy. Two teams that are surprisingly only two games out of a playoff spot. The Jacksonville Jaguars traveling down to Buffalo to face Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. This one pains me. This is so hard and it's affecting me It's so funny because I think this is the most difficult game to pick. <laughs> it's affecting me in fantasy and I don't know what to do. You still haven't decided. <laughs> well, I'm pretty confident in my answer. Okay. I mean, like, I'm not confident. I know what I'm going to say, but I, I just... I Ooh, that makes me really curious as to what you think I'm going to say. You're going to say Jacksonville. I'm not. I'm going to say Buffalo. Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking the Buffalo Bills. Yes! Um, a big part of it is... And, and, and it makes me super unconfident because I think the biggest wild card is the reason I'm picking them to win is Josh Allen, yeah. which is, could be the biggest reason they lose this completely. Fair. That's fair. But I like them being at home. Yes. I think for as good – and you can't – Jacksonville's defense, I've been saying it all year, Jacksonville's defense is still good. Yeah. They just did amazing things last year where it's not fair to compare. That's true. That's like saying – and never mind, I'm not going to make that comparison because okay. it actually is bad. Keep going. But Buffalo's defense is really good, and yeah. being at home, I think it's going to be an aggressive atmosphere, and I think they're going to make more plays than Jacksonville will against Buffalo's off Buffalo's offense. Okay. With that being said, I think 
McVay, I mean, not McVay, sorry, McDermott needs to be really smart. I think he can't be like, you know, what we have, the quarterback can, that can throw 70 yards down the yeah. field, let's just do that. Yeah. If you see that you have the opportunities to do it, absolutely. Yeah. But you need to play this really, really smart because yeah. you have great corners. Mm-hmm. So you need to let Shady McCoy, like I said last week, by myself, hopefully they looked, I mean, they did because it would be stupid not I mean, to, yeah. but they looked at what worked in New York. And they're going to continue to do those sorts of things. And I, I think Brian Dable is a smart guy. I just think that he's lacked weapons this year. And I think la- the last game you saw that, okay, when he can figure it out, when the, when the quarterback starts to roll and stuff like that, he can figure out defenses and really get them regardless. So I, I'm picking Buffalo. All right. And uh, I feel like we're going to hear a lot of that that freight train and the defenses are going to make plays on third downs. All right. The thing is, and, and this is the last part I'll talk about that, that game is I think Buffalo's defense is going to be the key to that, where I think they're going to get a defensive score faster than Jacksonville's defense will, and I feel like that's going to be the okay. tipping point. All right. I dig it. Thank you. <laughs> Monday Night Football. Tennessee Titans against the Houston Texans in Houston. A huge tilt for the division here. Houston Texans, they won seven games in a row, and that's really, really hard to do in the NFL, and I don't think anybody, you can't say that anybody's talking about it because they are, but when you talk about winning streets, you're talking about New Orleans, so I think they're obviously on a nine-game win, winning streak where Houston's on a three-game, or a seven-game winning streak, which is awesome, too. But nobody, everyone's like, Saints, and they totally deserve it. Right. Absolutely, especially with the way they've been playing. But I believe in Deshaun Watson being at home. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm so upset, and I told you this earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, I can't remember, but I was saying, what the heck? Because this was going to be my recall. I was going to do that, but I decided I wanted to talk about EpiPen. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I, I hate how they are using Dion Lewis right yeah, now. Because... Yeah. I said this to you a few weeks ago, and you're like, yeah, that made you look so smart, and now it's making me look like an idiot, because I said Dion Lewis needs to take over that backfield and be the yeah. guy, and they need to get him out catching passes, because that's, mm-hmm. use Dion Lewis the way New England used Dion Lewis. Yeah. Because it was, in some ways, almost impossible to stop then, and they're not doing it. They're like, we're going to run this 5'8 guy up the middle, and you said it when I yeah. brought this point up, you're like, he can do that, and he can. Yeah. But you need to get him out in the flat and on yeah. screens or like have him run uh, a curl or something and get him the ball real fast into the space and run because that'll even open up those running lanes. So I hate that they're not doing that right now. I don't think if they if they can't get Deion Lewis moving in that way, it's, it's going to be a bad game. We don't know who is playing quarterback right now. Yeah, We don't true. know if Marcus Mario is going to be okay. And especially if it's Blaine Gabbert, I think J.J. Uh, Watt continues to eat. Hopefully he doesn't break his leg. But... He'll do really well against against him and right. uh, picking picking the home team. All right, Houston it is. So to recap, Josh went off the, all the home teams. Oh, I feel like every time we've done Dallas, this, it goes really badly. Dallas against Washington, <laughs> Buffalo against the Jags, and Houston against the Texans. All righty. Get back on the winning track. Seattle Seahawks traveling to take on the Carolina Panthers, my friend, which is really interesting because when I talked about this, you're like, these are all really easy. I don't know if you were just like trying to freak me out because I feel like that's a really tough game. I feel like it'll be a close game, but I feel like the Seattle Seahawks are going to win. Okay, so Carolina continues to fall. Tell me me about it. I picked Seattle the last four weeks. So I picked them against against the Chargers when they lost in the final play. I I picked them against the the Rams when they lost in the last drive. And then I picked them again against Green Bay. And I 
we were sitting at the at the bar, and I leaned over just before the game, so I was like, just so you know, I'll root for Green Bay, <laughs> but I pick Seattle. And but regardless, I just think Seattle is a really good football team, and they're not getting a lot of attention for it because they've lost a lot of really close games, but against really good football teams, and they weren't blowouts either. They were right there in most of them, and I believe in Russell Wilson. And you said it a couple times, too. You believe in Russell Wilson, and I believe in him, too. And I just, it's nothing against Carolina, because I think Carolina will still be there. It's just, I I believe way more in Russell Wilson and their staple of backs that they have, that they've found recently, in Chris Carson and Rashawn Penny and Mike Davis, than I do in so it's it's really not much more right. complicated than that. I, just I mean, Carolina's Seattle. Carolina's been pretty untouchable at home. They've lost their games on the road. I know. Okay, it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers traveling to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nick Mullins is gonna win this game. So I I love the story of Nick Mullins, and I and even though he had kind of a tough game on Monday night when they last played. They were still in position to win that game. Yeah. So I just I, I like I like what they have. So you picked him in that game. I like Matt Breda to just go off against Tampa Bay's defense. Yeah. Or lack thereof. So I just I think Matt Breda goes off. I think Nick Mullins takes care of the ball, and I don't see Jameis Winston doing anything. I just don't believe it. All right. Last game: Cleveland Browns taking on your Cincinnati Bengals. This is the hardest one for me. Okay. I talk about Baker Mayfield against that awful defense. The big thing for me is that AJ Green's not going to play. Okay. So I'm going to pick the Browns. All right, we're doing this thing that we always... I can't believe we're doing this again. I can't believe it. But it's just... The win against Atlanta showed me a lot for Baker and that team. Because for the longest time in Cleveland history, and even early on the season... Cleveland has been, at times, a very good football team who just doesn't know how to win a game or close out a game. And they, you know, they just totally beat Atlanta. There was never a moment where you're like, maybe Atlanta won. It was like, no, like, Cleveland has control of this football game. Okay. And I just, I love the, and I don't like to use this word, but I love the swagger that Baker Mayfield has. I love the confidence he has. And he just, he, he makes that team believe that they can win. That yeah. they can do it. And I just, I, I, I believe in him getting the ball to Jarvis Landry. I believe Antonio Callaway has a good game. The rookie out of Florida. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb's going to get rolling, in my opinion. The rookie out of Georgia. And that defense. Get rolling, he is rolling. I mean, true. But, uh, and I think that, I think that Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward just kind of really make Andy Dalton not look that great. Which is sad, because I do like Andy Dalton. I like the Bengals. But... And I'm so high on them, but I just I think that they, they continue to drop off here, and I think Baker the Browns roll. All right, I love it. Let's recap. So, Adam is taking all three away teams. Yep. It's going the Seattle Seahawks over the Carolina Panthers, San Francisco 49ers, and Nick Mullins yeah. over yeah. Jameis Winston and the Bucks, and Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns over his red rifle Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Well, I uh, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm real nervous. So we'll see what happens. And uh, there was Pal's pick. So let's get on to our last staple and get this show on the road, my friend. Let's do it. Let's do some friends' fortunes. So get the heck out. I'm gonna gonna do mine. Okay. Gonna do mine first. Ow. Okay. 
All right, everybody, it's just me in the room. We got last week's Frank's Fortune right, and I think it definitely is legit and counts. So we're going to get three right on the year with this. Going to Sunday Night Football in the Green Bay Packers' pivotal game against the Minnesota Vikings. So, Green Bay Packers have not won on the road yet this year. Kirk Cousins' primetime record as his career is 4-12, and like we talked about. Some kind of doubling down, something we talked about with Adam, which I think is a smart way to do for Fortune. You know, you got to feel out the information and figure out what's happening. So, I am not only going to say that the Green Bay Packers are going to break their on-the-road woes this Sunday night, but Kirk Cousins is going to continue to perform poorly in a primetime game. In their week two matchup, Kirk Cousins threw for 424 five yards, excuse me, four touchdowns. In this game on Sunday night, I'm saying Kirk Cousins is going to throw for less than 300 yards. He's going to have multiple turnovers, at least two turnovers in this game as the Green Bay Packers beat their divisional foe, the Minnesota Vikings. All right, friends, my fortune for this week is pretty darn simple. I'm not going to get super crazy and complicated and all this. It's just pretty simple. Never before in the history of Pals Picks have both Josh and I gone three and oh. Am I believe in it? I feel the magic. So, for the first time ever in Pals Picks history, both Josh and I are going to go 3-0. and Dallas is going to win at home against Washington. Buffalo is going to win at home against the Jags. Houston's going to win at home against the Titans. And Seattle's going to travel to Carolina and win. San Francisco is going to travel to Tampa Bay and win. And the Cleveland Browns are going to travel to the Cincinnati and win. 3-0, both Josh and I. We both get well, I get to above 500, and Josh is one game out, and I'm still in the lead, but 3-0 for both of us this week. All right, there we go. Great episode. I think so. We had a lot of things. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're back. Yeah, it feels and good. It felt really good. You heard us cry. I was going to say, together. Too, Lord, we cried. We cried. Uh, talked about Scooby-Doo, that darn dog. You just kind of said it, kind of. Not on air. <laughs> yeah, I missed you, my friend. I missed you too, pal. And uh, we're so, week 12, and yeah, still, so, still a lot to go. Like, share, uh, tell your friends. If you want to be on the show, let us know. Comment. You know, let message us if you have questions, things like that. We'd love to answer them. And uh, we're on the Pocket Podcast Network, of course. Check that out, pocketpodcast.org. And yeah, anything you want to say, buddy? Just hope uh, everyone has a happy, safe Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Sit around the table, uh, eat some turkey, and listen to Simultaneous Sketch. Watch some football. God bless.